Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at fccwarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com. Hey, happy Easter to all of you. He's risen. He's risen indeed. Hey, let's open our Bibles this morning. We're going to look at the book of 1 Peter a little later this morning. I'll have you hold that in readiness in chapter 1. And also take the card that you received that was on your seat when you arrived. There should have been a pen attached to that. If you don't have one in your hand, there will be one of these on an empty seat near you. You will need this through the course of what we're doing here in just a little bit. So if you don't have one with you yet, feel free to stand up and grab one off of another seat. But you'll need one of these. All right. I don't want you to open it just yet. But if you follow along with what you're doing, hopefully this will be a very special Easter memory for you today. Speaking of special Easter memories, this is my first Easter at First Christian Church. Last year we weren't meeting in person, and I think last year might have been the single most memorable single Easter service of my entire life. We got together in our cul-de-sac in the backyard of one of the neighbors. A bunch of us neighbors just got together and we did a, an Easter service together. They let me preach at it, and Jordan, our daughter, helped lead worship, and some others prayed and did different things. It was super cool. I'll remember that to the day I die. Now remember this one to the day I die, because this is the first one here at First Christian Church. I'm so excited to be part of it with you. Now again, back to these cards here. Uh, Don't open it just yet, but grab your pen, and I'm going to assume here this morning a few things about you. First, I'm going to assume that you have a name, all right? So in the first window or the first box, I want you to write your name, your first name, uh, your nickname, what people call you, what you go by. Put your name, your first name in that first window. All right, I'm also going to assume something else about you. I'm going to assume that there are things you enjoy, things that bring you pleasure, things that bring you happiness and joy when you get to do them, things that are joy-inducing or life-giving. So in window number two, I want you to write something that you love to do. Could be a hobby, a sport, an interest, a favorite activity, something related to music or art, or maybe you'll just write there, go on vacation with my family. But box number two, write down something you love to do. All right? Something you love to do. So in the first two boxes so far, you should have your name or what people call you. Second box, something you love to do. All right, I'm also going to assume something else about you. I'm going to assume that you're a person who lives with hopes and dreams and aspirations. There are things that you want to do in life, things that you want to accomplish or experience, something you've always wanted to do, maybe things on your bucket list. Maybe not all of your dreams have come true. So on the third line or the third box there, I want you to write a dream you have not yet fulfilled. A dream not yet fulfilled. And I should have mentioned, for all of you watching online, you can access this same card in a digital form in the comment string there on Facebook where you're watching. So you have access to this too, if you haven't found it already. So box number three, a dream not yet fulfilled. Maybe you wanted to write a book, maybe you wanted to get out of debt, run for political office, get your college degree, your master's degree, your PhD, start a business. Maybe you always wanted to take ballroom dance lessons, collect all the original Star Wars character figurines, you know, what have you. 
A dream not yet fulfilled. So you should have three boxes filled right now, all right? Your first name, something that you love to do, and a dream not yet fulfilled. Those are your first three boxes. You should have one left. There's something else I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume that life has not always lived up to your expectations. You've been disappointed, you've been let down, you've experienced some setbacks along the way. Have you ever seen this Easter card up here on the screens? You ever seen this one? Uh, I'm guessing that maybe that's how some of you feel as you come in here today, right? Life's been a little bit tough at times, and maybe you're just kind of feeling a little hollow inside. You remember the day when you discovered that life wasn't going your way? Maybe it was the day you learned of an illness, the day you graduated from college and nobody was hiring, or the day you lost your job and nobody was hiring. Maybe it was the day filled with hospital beds and IVs, or a day filled with divorce papers. Maybe you dreamed you'd be married by now, or maybe you dreamed you'd have a child by now. You know, those times when you've lost hope, or you've been tempted to lose hope, things, when things haven't gone your way, you just feel hollow inside. I suppose we could call those the Saturday experiences of life. In the Easter story, Saturday is the day when hope is dead. The Easter story is not a one-day experience. It's not a two-day experience. The story of Easter is a third-day experience. It has a beginning, it has a middle, it has an end. There's Friday, there's Saturday, there's Sunday. There's day one, there's day two, there's day three. There's death, there's burial, there's resurrection. There's trouble, there's silence, there's deliverance. It's a third-day story, but you know that second day is so rarely discussed but it's a super important day in the whole Easter story, even though we don't hear a whole lot about it. Now, the day before Saturday and the day after Saturday, we know an awful lot. The day before Saturday, Friday, Good Friday. We were just here a couple of days ago. Many of us were celebrating that or observing that together. Friday was the day that Jesus was put on the cross. He had nails driven through his hands and his feet. He suffered in agony. He died for the sins of the world. The sky went black. The curtain in the temple was torn in two. And the Bible tells us a whole lot about Friday. Sunday is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, some women went to the tomb with some spices and perfumes for Jesus' body. But when they arrived, the tomb was empty. Jesus had come back to life, never to die again. And Christians now call this day Easter, Resurrection Sunday, the most victorious day in the history of the planet, when death was defeated and Jesus' power over sin, death, and the grave was on full display. Jesus appeared to his disciples and they saw him with their own eyes. We know a whole lot about what happened on Sunday. But what about Saturday? What about that in-between day? Friday left the disciples angry and confused because hope had died and the Bible tells us that on Friday, there was this guy by the name of Joseph from Arimathea, or Joseph of Arimathea, as he's sometimes called. He asked Pilate, the Roman governor, for the body, the dead body of Jesus. In Luke chapter 23, here's how it's recorded. Then he, Joseph of Arimathea, took the body, the body of Jesus, down from the cross and wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of rock. 
This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation, as the Sabbath, or Saturday, was just about to begin. Late on Friday, Jesus' body was taken down off the cross and placed in a tomb. Then on then Saturday, then the Sabbath, or Saturday, began. And from sundown on Friday until sunrise on Sunday, hope was dead. Those who had followed Jesus throughout his life, they just felt kind of hollow inside. And we've all been there, haven't we? In those moments when you just get the wind knocked out of you. When life takes a, a sharp turn for the worse, and it seems like God's silent. Maybe it even seems like in some of those moments, does God even care? Or if he did care, why isn't he doing something about what's going on right now? Why is he silent? Well, there's a, there's a fourth window on your card. It's the last one that you haven't put anything in just yet. And I want you to write something there. But I'm going to ask you to be very specific. This may take a little bit of courage, or maybe a lot of courage, to fill this blank in. But in that fourth window, I want you to write down the thing in life that has most disappointed you. The thing that's most disappointed you. You know, the chapter in life that'll never make sense. The thing that you're never going to quite get over. Nobody's going to see this card but you. If you're filling it out online, there's an auto-delete feature after you fill it out. Nobody's going to see this but you. Would you be willing to go there? I'm going to give you a moment just to fill that out. Maybe it was the night when the police knocked on the door with some troubling news. Or maybe it was a diagnosis that rocked your family. Maybe it was a fractured relationship. Maybe it was a painful betrayal from somebody you trusted or some unspeakable abuse. Again, nobody's ever going to see this but you. If you have courage to go there and just write it in, I think this might be a pretty special Easter for you. You know, the reason that Easter Sunday was so good is because the day before it was so bad. In the last 2,000 years, there's only been one day when absolutely nobody believed that Jesus was alive. And that was the Saturday between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. It's the only day in the last 2,000 years in the history of the planet when absolutely nobody believed that Jesus was alive. On that Saturday... Peter and John weren't thinking about what they would say to Jesus. Jesus' mother, Mary, wasn't thinking about the next time she'd be able to give him a hug because Jesus was gone, and that was Saturday, and that was the day that it seemed like God was silent. That was day two. But Easter's a third-day story. There are two kinds of hope. You can hope in something, or you can hope in someone. If you hope for something, you're hoping for an outcome, for something to go your way. And take a look at this picture up here on the screens for a moment. Years ago, it was common for young ladies to have a box like this in their rooms. This is where they would put things in hopes that one day they'd get married. And so into this box would go things like fine china or table linens, family heirlooms, quilts or blankets. Uh, anybody know what one of these was called? A hope chest, right? Maybe, maybe some of you even had one. Maybe some of you are currently filling one. But all of us have a hope chest somewhere. Because hope is irrepressible. We can put our hope in something, or we can put our hope in someone. When you dare to hope, 
In what box have you placed your hope? One day, everything that we place our hope in is going to disintegrate and fall apart. It will disappoint us. But personally, and I know this is true for many of you here in the room as well, we've chosen, haven't we, to put our hope in the box of the empty tomb of someone. We've put our hope in someone. Here, let's read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, out loud together. Here's what it says. Would you read this with me? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's given us a new birth. He's raised us to life. We've been talking about for the last few weeks about what a disciple of Jesus is. Somebody who's been brought from death to life by Jesus for the purpose of becoming like Jesus. He's given us a new birth into a living hope. Not something that's dead, but into a living hope. A hope that's placed in someone, in that person. That someone is Jesus, the one who's been raised from the dead. He's given us a new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus, friends, our hope is in someone. Did you guys know that the word hope appears 71 times in the New Testament portion of the Bible? 71 times. Exactly one time before Jesus has risen from the dead, and 70 times afterwards. That ought to tell us something, shouldn't it, about where God says he wants wants our hope to be. Our hope is in someone, in the one who has been raised from the dead. Praise be to God our Father, who has raised us up to a new life, new birth, into a living hope, through the resurrection, into someone, into his son, Jesus Christ. Our hope comes from someone. And friends, God does his absolute best work in hopeless, seemingly hopeless situations. Because Easter just tells us from God's vantage point, your setbacks are just a setup for a comeback. That's that's really what Easter shows us, that your setbacks, the things that look bleak today, are just a setup for a comeback because Easter is a third-day story. One of my favorite third-day stories of all time, some of you probably know this story, but one of my favorite third-day stories of all time is Toy Story. Do you know that was a third-day story? It is. It takes place on exactly three days. Let me review it for you if you know it or introduce it to you if you're not familiar with it. In Toy Story, Woody, the toy, is the boy Andy's favorite toy. But that's in jeopardy when Andy gets Buzz Lightyear for his birthday. Day one, fear. Day two, Woody and Buzz get separated from Andy and they wind up in the home of Sid the Toy Torturer. Will they ever get back? Day two, separation and waiting. Day three, Woody and Buzz escape and return to Andy's house just as the moving truck is pulling away. Woody lights the rocket on Buzz's back and they fly into safety and land in the box right next to Andy in the car. Day three, joy. Toy Story, third day story. Wonder where they got that idea, huh? A third-day story. The story of Easter is a third-day story. Death, burial, resurrection. Trouble, silence, deliverance. Setup, setback, comeback. It's a third-day story. You know what the trouble with third-day stories is? You know what the trouble with them is? 
You don't know that you're in a third day story until the third day. So that second day can seem kind of awkward sometimes. You don't know you're in a third day story until the third day. It could be possible, my friends, that right now you're experiencing some trouble. And is it possible you're in a third day story right now and it's only day two? I wonder if maybe that's what's going on in your life right now. You're living a third day story. The God of all hope and deliverance is on your side. You're in a third day story, but it seems maybe a little bit bleak and confusing right now. Maybe you feel a little hollow inside because it's only day two. God does his absolute best work when things seem like they're hopeless, and oftentimes things seem like they're hopeless on day two. But Easter is a third day story. Maybe you're waiting for that third day right now. Here, let me show you what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 about all this. The Apostle Paul says, I pray that you, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. Is it for all of us? Well, it can be, but the Bible's pretty clear there. You have to believe. You have to place your trust in Jesus Christ. That's where that same mighty power comes from that's available to you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power that made the third day story a third day victorious story. If, friend, if you're living day two right now, through faith in Jesus, day three could just be right around the corner. Why don't you go ahead and open that card that you filled out. Just give you a couple minutes to read that and soak that in. loves you more than you'll ever know.
maybe all of life for you has led up to this moment today where you could be here in worship and be reminded of that or told it in a special way for the very first time, but he loves you. And he wants you to be able to live with hope every single day of your life. I wonder if maybe for some of us here today that this Easter service is kind of the thing that's going to bring us back to God. Maybe to be the, the thing that God uses us to propel us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe through this today, whatever resistance has been in your heart to whatever it is that God's wanting to do in your life, or resistance to receiving Jesus to be your Savior, or resistance to, to God wanting to give you a full and complete life, maybe today's the day where that just kind of goes away. And you say before God today, I, I do believe in you. And I trust what Jesus did for me on the cross to be the very thing to give me hope. And to know that I'm in a third day story. And always will be. Because I believe in Jesus. And he's made me new. I don't know, that, that may be you today. And if it is, I pray that you do something with that. That before you leave here today, maybe you, you talk to somebody who's near you. Maybe you talk to the friend who brought you. Or maybe you talk to somebody in your family about that. And you just let them know, hey, God's doing something in my life. I felt something when I was in church today. And I don't want to just let that go. I, I, want, I want whatever that is from God to be the real thing in my life. My friend, that can be the total real thing in your life. Now and forevermore. It's what Easter's all about. Can you imagine a world where Jesus hasn't risen from the dead? A world where it's always day two? Oh, how hard that would be. But God's made this a third day story for all of us. One filled with hope and joy and peace and deliverance and forgiveness and salvation. Would you be willing to step into that? Hey, let me pray for you while we're, we're seated here together. Father in heaven... We're so thankful for what you have done for us through Jesus. And today, as we sit here, as best we know how, we give over to you the depths of ourselves in every place in our life, our spirit, and our soul. We give this over to you. And for some of us, God, that's a scary thing in this moment because we've been resistant to some of that. But we pray in this moment that you will do what only you can do. And that you will bring us to the place of full trust in your son, Jesus. And bring us to the place of a full surrender so that we can know absolute peace and salvation from you. And we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at FCCWarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com.